1: This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki.
0: Hello, hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So today, our program is about education and I wanna make sure people stay here because most people run when they hear that word. But uh, the question is, has school damaged you? And I'm not kidding about that. Has school made you poor? And what has school done for you? Because every time I get into these discussions with these, I mean, I was just I just in an interview into Japan and I'm fourth generation Japanese American and this guy was a straight A student. This guy was the, most, the biggest coward I ever made. He was so terrified of making mistakes. You know, he was a straight A student or whatever they do in Japan and he was just terrified. And I kept saying, what are you afraid of? He said, well, you know, I don't wanna make a mistake, you know, and all this. So the question again to you is this, has school damaged you either by not going to school or did you do well in school once it damaged you? Most of my friends dropped out of school and they're, they're multimillionaires. You know, if you look at some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world, they never finished school. You know, a guy named Je- um, Stephen Job, Steve Jobs, uh, Walt Disney, uh, Zuckerberg, Henry Ford, Branson, So, again, the question is, you're gonna find out, has school damaged you, but most important, what can you do about it? Like, I almost shot that poor guy in Japan. Man, that, that guy, I mean, he kept asking me the most stupid questions. I could not believe it. He says, but isn't investing risky? I said, yeah, if you're not smart. And most of my family are academic types. I have the lowest degree in my family. I only have a Bachelor of Science degree, which stands for BS. So anyway, that's our program today. So, did school damage you, and is it holding you back right now? And we have an expert in the field. His name is Brian Kaplan. He's the author, economist, and professor of economics at George Mason University. He's an insider, which I like. His book is "The Case Against Education." It came out in 2018, and as I said, he has tenure, which is the magic word for every school teacher, which means you can't get fired. And and our other our other person on this phone call today is Alexandra Gonzalez. She started her father and I are good friends and she started as an apprentice here at Rich Dad Company and now she's taken over the company. So she's gonna give a more fresher idea on what education has done and what she's learned as compared to what they taught her in school and what she's learning here at Rich Dad. So again, the question is, is school holding you back? Has school damaged your little brain here? And could you be richer maybe if you didn't go to school? Now, like I said, I went to school but my benefit was I had a rich dad who didn't go to school who taught me about money. So it's a very important program because all of us, there's no more important subject than education. But what kind of education? And how much damage has it done to you? Because one of the best things I learned is that if I don't make mistakes, I'll never be successful. And everybody I know who's not successful, they're terrified of making mistakes. They're terrified of getting fired. They're terrified of losing their paycheck. They're terrified of losing their pension. That's what they teach you in school. That was my poor dad. My poor dad wasn't poor until he lost his job, his paycheck, and his pension. PhD, poor, helpless, and desperate. So anyway, this is our program today. Once again, what did school do to you? So welcome to the program, Brian. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. And then says hello.
2: Hi, Brian. Yes, I'm Alexandra Gonzalez. I work here at the Rich Dad Company, and I was telling Brian earlier I'm fresh out of college, so I'm excited to see what we have um, to offer today.
0: So, Brian, why did you, so? Give us a little bit of your background. You know, being an author, economist, professor of economics at the prestigious George Mason University, and then what caused you to write the book, The Case Against Education? Came out in 2018.
3: Right. Well, just to tell you all about my educational credentials, you know, so I was an undergraduate at Berkeley. I got my PhD in economics at Princeton. I'm in my 23rd year as a professor at George Mason.
1: Congratulations. And
3: yeah, and, oh, thank you. And uh, the reason I wrote the book, I mean, I'll say it actually goes back to when I was about five years old. And I was confused by what was going on in school because it seemed like they were teaching us a lot of material that we would never need to know again in real life. And when I asked adults, why do I have to learn this stuff? Usually they just say, well, you have to, because if you don't do well in school, then it's hard to get a good job. And I looked around, and it seemed like that was pretty true. So that seemed okay for a while. But then the question, well, why? Why do you have to learn this stuff to get a good job? And you know, so as I got older, I started toying with the idea, well, maybe what's going on is you need to do well in, the school, just, uh, in school just to go and impress people. Basically, you're jumping through hoops in order to get stickers on your forehead. And when I started studying economics, I found out that there's a whole story like this in economics. It's called uh, The Signaling Model of Education. And, yeah, it says exactly that. A lot of the reason why school pays, it's not that you're learning useful skills. It's that you are showing that you've got the right stuff to be a good worker.
0: That's right, a good employee. Um, yeah,
3: yeah, you know, yeah. You know, so you a know, good, good worker be. Uh, but then what I, the, the other thing I learned that was kind of strange to me is that even though this idea was well-established in economics, there's even a guy who got a Nobel Prize for it, Michael Spence, but still, people who look at the world, people who do empirical work, just didn't take it at all seriously. And I said, this is just wrong. This isn't just a fun little theoretical toy. This is a story that explains the world. And since most economists didn't agree with me, I wrote this book to bring together all the evidence showing that this story actually makes a great deal of sense and really does explain so much about why there's this chasm between... The little usefulness of what we learn in school, and this great economic value, which does seem to be genuine.
0: Well, thank you for having the courage to speak. You know, to speak out. You know, because I still catch hell from my family because they're all PhDs, <laughs> and they always say, "How can you yeah, say I mean, that?" Yeah,
3: you know, I I mean, I don't, I don't, feel like I need that much courage. Uh, I mean, I have tenure, so you know, like I'm not going to get fired oh. for saying any of this.
0: Well, that um, that you know, that more. I mean, so in, term, in
3: terms of like, yeah, in terms of whether I made enemies, I don't know that I have actually. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I'm, there must be some people grumbling against me, but I haven't actually really encountered them. Most people have generally either ignored
0: me or been cool. So anyway, thank you for saying what you do because my family's still pissed off at me. You know, because how can <laughs> how can you say that? Because we all have our PhDs, you know. I said, yeah, but I got a financial statement. You got any? And they don't they don't even have financial statements, Brian. They yeah. don't, they, I mean, They don't even know what that means. And that's the whole Rich Dad Company. Rich Dad Poor Dad is about the financial statement. Income expense, asset liabilities, statement of balance, you know. So mm-hmm. that's what we teach. Alexandra, what was, you know, when when you met me, I, I think I rescued you, right, from uh, school.
2: <laughs> you really did, you really did, and I'm actually thankful for that because, like you mentioned before, I came in, hadn't even finished um, my, my degree, my college career, and I was already learning so much more. And thanks to that, I think now I'm on the right track because if I wouldn't have done any of that, and just graduated, I don't know where I would be.
0: Like some of your classmates. Right?
2: Yeah, like some of them who are found without a job and just not knowing, mm-hmm. um, like basic day to day things on how to maneuver through their career or through their social life.
0: So, Brian, what, what, so what, I met, what, what, what,
3: what I was just just wondering. So, what were you majoring in?
2: I was actually in marketing and international business.
0: And you know what, she flunked yeah. accounting. So I had to teach her accounting. Can you imagine that? I don't <laughs> have accounting in grade But anyway.
3: yeah well, There's a general rule, just put international in front of anything and people want to take it. That'll work out for them.
0: So I have another question, Brian. You know, like I said, I talked to this guy in Japan, you know, and Japanese are pretty, you know, I think it's funny, people think Asians are smart and I think I bring that yield curve down. But anyway, this guy was so terrified of making a mistake and I I really just couldn't break him of that mindset. he says, whatever, you know, look at, like you have tenure. Tenure does not part of my vocabulary. I don't want tenure. I don't want job security. I don't want a steady paycheck. But I think what happens for a large percentage of people coming out of school, you know, job security, tenure, pensions, that stuff is most important. And in today's world, that could be dangerous, especially with AI, AI coming out. You know, pretty soon, I think, um, You know, when the driverless trucks come out, I think there's 35 states where the number one profession is truck driver, and that's a man's uh, profession. So, what what are these guys going to do, who have been taught that you know you need job security, steady paycheck, and a pension, when those things are myths today? Hmm.
3: Well, so I'd actually say that's not that's like almost all claims about jobs getting automated away. It's just a blank check that people have written and claim it's going to happen. So, I mean, if you really look at the data, the, to the period of very rapid automation was basically from, like, the 20s to around 1970. And since then, automation has been quite a bit slower. And, and while there's some high-profile examples of automation, like, overall, actually, it still seems like progress is, uh, has been a bit slow, which, I mean, I hope you're right. I hope that things do speed up because automation has been great for mankind. But, again, I mean, I you know, like you know, so like I mostly focus on the question of, like, why is there this contrast between – the usefulness of what you're learning and the money you get, at least for as long as we got numbers, people have been making a lot of extra money just for studying subjects that seem totally irrelevant, which is puzzling. But, uh, you know, that's what I try to explain in my book.
0: Yeah. So, let me ask you a real personal question. You, can, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but why do you keep mentioning tenure?
3: Let's see. So, well, I, I, mean, I keep mentioning tenure because you keep mentioning fear. Yeah. Right? And that's what <laughs> keep I'm saying. Telling, keep, keep me, yeah. Keep telling me that, well, you keep telling me that I'm courageous and I mean, I think I would have been courageous to write this book if I didn't have any job security because then I'd be getting fired possibly for going and writing a book people didn't want to hear. But, you know, like, like where I am, like uh, I'll just say, like, it doesn't take that much bravery. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess you have to worry a little bit about some disapproval from people, but that's about it.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the biggest financial catastrophes coming out is called the crash of the pension system. And so, um, you know,
3: wait, 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 which, which pension system you have in mind, so Social Security or what?
0: Jesus, Brian, aren't you an economist? There's, there's, defined, <laughs> there's defined benefit yes. pension plans, which most police, firefighters, and ah, teachers okay. have. And then you have the 401k okay. pension plan, and then you have Social Security. And all of them are in right. bankruptcy right now. So as, as right. a person who is watching uh, that, the that, economy, uh,
3: that sounds gr- I'll say that's grossly exaggerated. So four hundred one k's by definition can't be in bankruptcy because it like like the portfolio can can always pay because if the value of the assets goes down, then the amount that you that, that you actually own goes down. You know, your defined benefit ones; those definitely can have problems. Although, of course, notice these are all government pensions. They could just go and raise taxes to go and pay for it. I think that's a lot more likely than that they will declare bankruptcy. You well, uh, know, I think you're not. I think you're an optimist. The state of California is going to say they're not going to pay all the police pensions. I hope you're right, but I don't think
0: so. No, they, they've, they've already. You know, they've raised the taxes on the people. I, I, I'll give you some stats just in case you're interested. The four hundred one k. The average person with a four hundred one k. My generation, baby boomers they're gonna retire with about $70,000 gross inside their 401K, whereas the average school teacher will retire with 1.2 million in a defined benefit pension plan. The mm-hmm. problem is the defined benefit plans, most of them are underwater, and that's why they have to keep raising taxes on taxpayers to cover the shortfall mm-hmm. between the eight point eight point five percent that pensions promise and the 2% that the markets are paying. So that's what that's right. why
3: so I, say, I say you know that's that's a, that's a problem for taxpayers it's not a problem for the, for the people getting the pensions. So you know I mean when you say pension crisis people are thinking oh my god my pension not rather you know, the teachers and policemen are going to be sponging off of us to a greater extent than expected. But I mean you know that, you know, that problem has been going around for a long time. Yeah I do agree th- that's what's going to be going do to you be, know, going do get you, worse.
0: Do you know the gross uh shortfall of public pensions in America it will be
3: um, large, but I don't know the
0: number. Seven to 14 trillion. Right. So that's more money than the Fed has. and so They'd have to print that much. That's, that's what I'm getting at, Brian, is that, you know, for the guys in the real world, like me, who haven't had a job ever, and I don't need a pension, and I don't want a 401k, I don't want to be a government employee, what do you say to guys like us? You know, and that's what Alexandra is here for because you know, when she flunked out of accounting, what did the teacher say to you?
2: He told me that the problem was I was trying to, mem- I was tr- I was trying to learn it as opposed to just memorize the information. And so, so I think that's where the school system is fundament- fundamentally corrupt because they're teaching us to memorize. memorize this information as opposed to truly learn it and apply it in our personal lives.
0: So did you go on and learn it?
2: Yeah, I came here and I learned it. And I stick to my my education and my foundation. Did, for
0: did you go back to school to that same school teacher?
2: Yeah, I went to the same school teacher and I passed it with the with flying colors, with the highest grade he had ever seen.
0: And what did the teacher said?
2: <laughs> he asked me um, how I did it, and I told him I did what you told me not to do. I learned it as opposed to memorizing it, and I I hope he changed his, the way he taught it moving forward because <laughs> because yeah. I truly think this can be a big. Like it could really impact in a negative way people in the future with their finances and their personal accounting.
0: Right. Anyway, Brian, I'll I'll give you a credit. This is Brian Kaplan. He's an author, economist, and professor of economics at George Mason University. He's got the pedigrees of the Ivy League-type schools. He's the author of The Case Against Education. He's also also the the book, The Myth of the Rational Voter, named the best political Mm -hmm. book of the year by the New York Times. And self, selfish regions to have more kids. Anyway, is it's a very important subject. Is for those of you right now who may be afraid, maybe not making enough money, or maybe your 401k isn't topped up yet, or maybe if there is a market crash, which I'm predicting is coming, and your your 401k gets toasted, this is your this is your you know your uh, radio program.
1: You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie scans the internet for information about questionable land trusts and series LLCs, oftentimes getting bad information from people who have no idea what they're doing. You deserve to work with a reputable company that serves your best interests. Corporate Direct will never sell you more entities than you need. Corporate Direct offers a free 15-minute phone consultation with an incorporating specialist to see if it can help you mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off each and every formation. Call 800 That's 800-600-1760 or visit direct.com Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad advisor Garrett Sutton.
0: What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense. It's taxes. And I want asked ask the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. But what they teach you about taxes. So here we have Rich Dad advisor, Tom Wheelwright. We're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the Tax-Free Wealth about? What What's different this time? It's a revised edition.
4: Well, so what we did was, is we ha- this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017.
0: Right. was 86 was the last one.
4: 86 was the last one right. back when I was in Washington, D.C.
0: So many guys got wiped out because of that tax change.
4: <laughs> they did, they yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always which incentives and which ones apply to me. And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was what is it? What changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of? And ma- I mean seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean the bonus depreciation. For example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a million-dollar apartment, get a three hundred thousand-dollar reduction or more the very first year.
0: So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth.
1: It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show.
0: Hello, 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 this is Robert Kiyosaki the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today's a very important program about did education mess you up or is education valuable or What else can you do to improve your education? Because education is more important than before. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime on iTunes or Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because repetition is one of the ways we learn. For example, when you play golf, you gotta practice a lot, and that's the way you get ahead in life. So we archive them at richdadradio.com so you have friends, family, or let's say business associates, but especially if you have friends and family who are maybe a little afraid of the future or struggling financially, this is a very important program because I sincerely believe education damages a lot of people because they're so afraid of making mistakes and they're afraid of asking for help because in school if you ask for help, it's called cheating. I was very cooperative in school but they called me a cheat so anyway, our guest today is Brian Kaplan, author, economist, and professor of economics at George Mason University. He has a pedigree from extremely good schools. He is the author of The Case Against Educa- Education, came out in 2018. The Myth of the Rational Voter in the Best Political Book of the Year by the New York Times and Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids. He's also coming out with the latest, his latest book, comes out in October 2019 is called Open Borders, the Science and Ethics of Immigration. It's a very hot subject. Brian's website is briankaplan.com. B-R-Y-A-V-I-N-G. It's actually just
3: bkaplan.com. bkaplan.com.
0: B Kaplan, oh okay, excuse me, B kaplan.com. Thanks for the correction. And also in the room today is Alexandra Gonzalez. She started off as an apprentice at the Rich Dad Company. Her father is one of my best friends and she is here because she is just fresh out of school. Or I'm, this year, is 50 years I'm out of school. She's only one year out of school this yeah. year. So anyway, Brian, the most important thing is like I was asking you, I, I meet so many people who are so afraid of making mistakes. You know, so they don't invest and in all this stuff and they, they turn their money over to Wall Street, which I think is ridiculous, because I can beat Wall Street all day long. But they won't do it because they're afraid of making mistakes. And I'm really pressing Brian for one thing. He wrote the book, "The Case Against Education." There's something motivating you. So why would you do that since you come from the pedigreed world of education?
3: Right. So I'd say you know, the main thing motivating me is I just see you know, trillions of dollars getting of government money getting wasted on something that doesn't seem very socially productive. and I think someone should say something about it. And as a professor, I'm one of the few people people are likely to believe. So, yeah, if I wasn't a professor, people would just say, Oh, it's just some guy who's bitter. You know, it feels like the system passed him over. But, you know, like I say at the beginning of the book, you know, like the system's great for me, but it just seems like a big ripoff for taxpayers, and I'd like to point it out.
0: Yes, and then you say something that I've always said, because, you know, I graduated in 69, and my class, you know, back then we were making, my classmates were making about 120000 a year, which is not much money today. But 69, of a 24-year-old making that much money was a lot of money. And the reason we made that much money is because we graduated with Bachelor of Science degrees, we had our college degree, but we also graduated with a, with a profession. I was a third mate, and my other classmates were third, third engineers on merchant ships. So we had these, we had professions. And every time I talk to the pure academics, you know, when people say, well, you should send your kid to a technical school, learn to be an auto mechanic or something like that, people look down their noses at so-called technical schools. Have you you noticed the same thing?
3: Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot of emails from teachers of vocational education saying, like, I'm the only person that teaches kids that don't really like regular academic school and trying to give them a future, and when I retire, they're shutting down my department. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, like another really obvious thing. It's just a lot of kids hate school and they'd li- like to learn to do something practical and that would be a much better use of their time and especially to start at a much younger age before they're totally fed up with the system.
0: I'm glad, I'm, you know, Brian, I give you a lot of credit and I thank you for saying what you're saying because, like I said, can you give us what schools you went to again because I can't even remember their names are so high up there.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was an undergraduate at UC Berkeley and then I got my PhD from Princeton.
0: That's, those are, you know, congratulations, that is rarefied air up there. So for you to say it, you have a lot of credibility that I don't have, you know? So again, also our guest is Alexandra Gonzalez, and uh, anything you want to comment about your experience of dealing with professors?
2: Well, I'm glad you're here, Brian, because I think very few professors are willing to point out what's truly wrong with this education system, and like Robert mentioned before, I mean, I'm a year out, and I think I owe my success or my journey to success um, to my financial education and to working here at the Rich Dad Company because I truly didn't get anything out of the, the, the traditional education system. And you mentioned it before how we really don't learn anything throughout the career except to have better work ethic and, of course, I guess put up with the severe boredom that we're put through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So,
3: yeah, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. So, I mean, a lot of people learn reading and writing; you learn mm-hmm. some useful stuff. But there's just still so much filler. And as to wh- and as to why employers care about it, that to yeah. me is what's striking. Any anyway, my story is that you know, if a person just says this is too stupid, I'm not going to do it, then employers are nervous to give that person a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. of course, if you want to be an entrepreneur, then it might not matter so much. But right. uh, of course, most people are not very good at that.
0: Well, most people are, are afraid of becoming entrepreneurs because they can't take yeah. not having a paycheck.
3: Well, but also, also they're incompetent, so I mean, it's, they, they are wise to be afraid. No, but you know, how like, do you get You comp- know, a like person who opens a restaurant, they're a fool, right? they like, the odds that it would ever succeed are so low, just because you cook doesn't mean you can run a restaurant. So you know, there's a lot of crazy optimism behind you know, so many businesses as well. So, I mean, I'd say you know, like, you know, don't be optimistic or pessimistic, just be realistic. Like, no, like, well, are, like, under normal circumstances, how well does what I'm trying to do work?
0: Well, why would you say somebody's a fool for trying to open a restaurant?
3: Well, yeah, well let's see. Like well, 80% just just because
0: 99% will fail, you know, yeah. big deal.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if it's your life savings, then it is a big deal. And, you know, it costs a lot of money to try this. So, I mean, it's a very big difference if you have lots of experience running a restaurant. You already have, you know, like your customer base set up. You know, like, you know if, if you have all of your ducks lined up, then it's one thing. But, of course, most people just start restaurants. Don't have any of that. They just have some delusions of grandeur.
0: Well, what do you think about the PhDs, the eight hundred or so that run the Federal Reserve Bank? I mean, they ripped off the entire world with that last QE and that last market crash, and that was horrifying. Mm, they it's a,
3: it's a, we we need a lot more time to talk about that. It's really it's, it's one uh, of the most you know, complicated the, things in the world.
0: To me, There was the, you know this guy was his your fellow teacher, Ben Bernanke from Princeton. Yeah, that man yeah, he's, be, act,
3: act, he's actually he's uh, actually one of my advisors.
0: Yeah, I mean that guy. What he did was horrifying. He just kept queuing or tarping it, and all the things he did, and that's why that's why the defined benefit pens are in trouble today. Because that, you know they, it's horrifying what's happening. So that's that's why I speak and I talk to young people like Alexandra, that maybe they go for a better pass because our PhDs, are like my poor dad. They really know nothing about money. I mean when I you know, when I was talking to this guy from the Fed, he didn't even know what the shadow banking system was. All he knows is the stock market. But he doesn't know the shadow banking system, and most entrepreneurs operate in shadow banking. And the average guy doesn't know that. So I think that those are some of the biggest gaps going on in education today. So I find it interesting, you think it's funny for an edu- it's high risk to start a business. It always is hard, high risk. But that's how we learn. We learn by making mistakes. That's that's my point of view. So I've lost three businesses, mm-hmm. but I got richer every single time. So that's, right, that's and then of the
3: And there's people difference. who bet their life savings and fail, and then, and, then, and then that's it for them. That happens a lot too. So,
0: so what? I
3: mean, uh, well, I mean, of course, no, it's no. Life
0: savings so so Brian, let you. me let me let me just <laughs> say this: when the Fed when the Fed started printing all that money for QE, and then started with Paulson and the TARP trouble asset you know, trouble asset uh, we call program millions of people lost their life savings or jobs and their homes because of the PhDs running the fed that's that's my concern they're all like my poor dad phd so that's that's why i you know what suggestion do you have some for somebody who's afraid of making mistakes because that's what they're taught in school Well, what we teach people is how to learn from your mistakes it's a different different philosophy here hmm. i mean i would say
3: you know, like you know neither of those is really what i'd focus on i just focus on Using strategies that work well, I mean, of course. You know, like if you're afraid, even when you're doing the best you can, that's crazy. On the other hand, there's a lot of bad ideas that you should be afraid of doing. So, you know, like in terms of like preparing for your retirement, the advice I give people is just to have a high rate of savings at a young age and diversify, and you know not just between companies, do it internationally. So if the United States tanks, then you still have you know, money in a lot of other countries. So, I mean, to me, that's that would be you know the sensible approach. Um,
0: So you support the save money and invest in a diversified portfolio? Yeah,
3: well, I mean especially support, you know, like having a high savings rate, and yeah, then, you know, of up.
0: Why would you you save when they have QE and ZERP, zero interest rate policy?
3: Right. So I just say that it barely has anything to do with what I'm saying. Uh, you can just go and take a look at what you know. What are the normal rates of return for stocks and other investments? It's, it's called and, Z- right yeah. now. Right now,
0: right now, yeah. central bank, this bank's paying zero or below zero. And the United States just dropped its uh, mm-hmm. rate from one 2.0 to one point seven five, and we still say to save money. I, I just I can't understand that mentality. Right.
3: Well, there, there, there are multiple ways of saving money. So, yeah, of course, if you're going and putting into government bonds, then that's going to be the low interest rate for you. On the other the hand, banks, same thing. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, there's of course stocks, and then they remember the you Yeah, but States the stocks make the only the, country the, in the world.
0: Hey, Brian, the stocks make no fundamental sense. And plus, you know, our, our biggest corporations are now triple B mm-hmm. pre junk in their in their credit ratings. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I I'm not an that. economist like you, but I do, I understand mm-hmm. investing. And I would never do that. Right, well,
3: uh, I, you know, here's the thing. So there are, of course, some people who are highly skilled or highly lucky who do unconventional strategies and are really successful. Awesome. Yeah. If you want to have a small chance of being a huge winner, then try your approach. But for most people, I would recommend tried and true, high savings rate, diversify, put it into, you know, like, you know, like, you know ends, you know, like, you know, again, not, you know, not, not government bonds would not generally recommend that, but, you know, internationally diversified portfolio of stocks, Starting at a young age, you know that Jesus. has almost a, that that is an extremely high success rate.
0: Yeah, and in the past,
3: that's what I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, past. Well, well, what are we gonna are we going give people advice based upon what has what never happened? Well, of course, the, you the got to f- base f- based upon past observation.
0: Look, you, you know, Brian, um, I hate to tell you this, but Buffett's Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway is down forty percent for ten years. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Yeah,
3: so that's why you should. That's why you shouldn't give them all your money.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, well, who we should give you money too? Yes, you,
3: know, they, you know, diversify. Don't oh put God. it all into oh one particular okay. Yes. So you know, like diversify and not just within one country. Diversify over the world. Don't find a guru and give him all your money and hope that he really knows what he's talking about. You know, find a hundred gurus. That might work.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, Alexandra, final words because we, we have to go. On. Brian, thanks for thanks for your point of view on this.
2: My my final words are just um, I I'm a true believer in the financial education um, outside of the outside of our college careers and I I do believe that although college does give us a, a structure um, there's some fundamental changes that need to happen uh, like I don't know teach us about taxes mortgages investing um, things that yeah learning how yeah. to use that so See, Brian
0: I, I I finance with a hundred percent debt so that I, I am, I'm not in the same category of most investors, but I started at nine years old playing Monopoly, so that's the difference. But anyway, I thank you for writing the book, The Case Against Education. Keep saying what you have to say. You know, I think it's um, important that people you know, check, check in with what we're teaching our kids, and I, and I think it's personally damaging. I think what the Fed has done with all those economists is damaging, very damaging. It's ripped off millions of people all over the world. So anyway, thanks for just keep going, Brian.
3: All right, uh, thanks very much, and you can get the book on Amazon. All right, thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Can we come back, we are going into the most most popular part of our program, which is Ask Robert, and I'll ask uh, Alexander to stay by, and she can answer any questions that you may have about what she's learning here at the Rich Dad Company. Once again, we'll be right back with the Rich Dad Radio Show with Ask Robert. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio
1: Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie scans the internet for information about questionable land trusts and series LLCs, oftentimes getting bad information from people who have no idea what they're doing. You deserve to work with a reputable company that serves your best interests. Corporate Direct will never sell you more entities than you need. Corporate Direct offers a free 15-minute phone consultation with an incorporating specialist to see if it can help you. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off each and every formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show.
0: Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, I want to thank Brian Kaplan, author, economist, and professor of economics at George Mason University. His latest book came out in 2018, it's A Case Against Education. His website is bkaplan.com, B-C-A-P-L-A-N.com, and his book is on sale at Amazon. And we're now kind of the most popular part of our program, which is Ask Robert. And you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at RichDadRadio.com. And once again, all of our programs are archived at RichDad, and I mean, all of our programs are archived at RichDad Radio, and you can re- hear them anytime on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at RichDadRadio.com, and we archive them so you can listen to this again because repetition is how we learn. And if you have friends, family, especially kids today, about education, this is a very important program. And you can send your questions to Ask Robert at richdad. go to richdadradio.com. So what's the first question for us,
5: Robert, Melissa? Our first question today, Robert, comes from Jacob in Chandler, Arizona. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad says, hi Robert, my question is, I grew up in a household that I would classify as having a poor mindset. I've been studying and realize now as an adult that there is a different path. My question is, how do you deal with people who have a different mindset and who refuse to look at money from a different perspective?
0: That's a a tough question, you know, because I don't, um... You know, my family still hates me for any rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> they said, you, mm-hmm. you insulted our family. Mm-hmm. I said, well, my dad's dead, and I'm sure he's okay with it, because he was a teacher, and he did die poor. He, he only died poor when he lost his job. And when he lost his job at age 52, he found out he was poor when he had no paycheck, no pension, you know, nothing going for him, and he couldn't recover because our, he had been in school since he was five and he got fired at 52. So he really didn't have the skill sets for the real world of my world, the entrepreneur's world. So it's not right or wrong. <clears throat> it's what world are you preparing for? So you know, most people realize that you know, AI, artificial intelligence, is gonna take, take away more and more jobs. You know, socialism and communism are rising today. Everybody wants UBI, universal basic income because people aren't making enough money. But Brian disagrees with that. I said, oh, it's, it's, I know a lot of people who are struggling financially because they just don't make enough. And when the pensions collapse, you know, when there's not enough money, not enough social security money, what are you gonna do? Is tell someone making, you know, $1,000 a month to cut back on your expenses? At the same time, the Fed is printing money, it's called quantitative easing, and interest rates are zero, zero interest rate policy. That means, you know, when, when I graduated from college, I could put money in the bank at 15%. Today, you put money in the bank, you might be lucky to get 2%. And all these defined benefit pension plans with teachers, you know, school teachers, firefighters, and police get, their pension plans are indexed to 8%. They're not getting 8%. So that's why we have the biggest crisis coming up called the pension crisis. And that's why I wrote Rich Dad's Prophecy in 2002. It's about this pension crisis that my generation, the baby boom generation, faces today. So that means many adults, baby boomers, be moving out with their kids, or the kids be moving in with their adults because the kids can't find jobs because they're so full of student loan debt. where well, they'll learn nothing. So, you know, I give Brian credit for the case against education, but I don't think he knows what the real world is because he has been, you know, his teacher, his professor was Bernanke, the head of the Fed, the guy who destroyed more jobs and more wealth than any human in history. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny, really, but it's not funny if you're one of the guys who lost everything. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what's the question again, Melissa? <laughs>
5: <laughs> the question is how do you look, how do you deal with people who look at money from a different perspective than you do?
0: Well, I wrote a book called Fake. Fake Money, Fake Teachers, Fake Assets. You know, and you have to, all three work. You have to, for there to be fake money, there had to be fake teachers. That's why they teach you nothing about money at school. And then fake assets, the United States and the, and the city of London, Wall Street and the city of London, have exported more toxic assets than any other time in history. They are called credit default swaps, MBSs, and all this. And they blew up and destroyed the world economy. So we we got fake assets. And what Brian was talking about is put your money in the stock market. The companies that are being financed on the stock market today, their credit ratings went from triple A to triple B. Triple B credit is pre-junk. Once one more step, they're junk. And they get dumped. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't mean to be derogatory, but I don't know if Brian sees the world as an investor. He sees the world as a school teacher, like my poor dad. So it's, it's, it's a classic story of rich dad, poor dad. I wouldn't put my money in that stock market. I don't care what it is. I'd rather be in gold and silver. I wouldn't save money. I wouldn't save for the long term, but why would you do it? Zero interest rate, policy Zerp. You know, like I said, just a few weeks ago, the Fed dropped the interest rates from 2% to 1.75. I think 13 countries now have zero interest means sub zero minus interest rates. Tell me how that works. You give the, you give your you give this company your money for 30 years and they give you back less. I don't know how that makes sense to these economists from Princeton and Harvard and Berkeley and all this. I don't know how it makes sense. So the question to this young person is, choose your teachers wisely. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't listen to financial planners or stockbrokers, because most of them are broke. That's why they're called brokers. You know, my best friend and I were just just in Hollywood celebrating, he just sold his business. He never finished school. Guess how much he sold this business for? Two billion dollars, billion in US dollars. He never finished school. I don't think he cares if he never finished school. Yeah, you know, he was buying drinks that night. And there's not too many professors that will sell their businesses for $2 billion because they don't start businesses because exactly as Brian said, what if you make a mistake? And mm-hmm. that's what I was talking about. That's why he needs tenure. That was my poor dad. I hate to say it, but those are the guys teaching our kids. Any comments, Alexandra?
2: Yeah, I think the perfect advice I could give to someone at this age trying to figure it all out is if you want to have a traditional life, then follow the traditional education system. You know, there's two types of people. There's different, there's no right or wrong. There's people like Robert, who who invest in non-traditional ways, and then people like Brian, who believe in a more secure life. And so- Tenure, tenure. Tenure. <laughs> and so, if you want to be above average, then start studying things that are above average and start investing in your financial education. Well,
0: look, there's there's a million ways to financial heaven. Mm-hmm. There's a billion ways to financial hell. Mm-hmm and most people are gonna go to hell because they went to school. I'm afraid that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Like I just had an interview out of Japan. It was painful. I thought I was talking to my family. They're so afraid of making mistakes. And I said, why don't you take investment seminars? But I don't get a college degree. All they want is that college degree. Have I ever asked you for your college degree?
2: None of my grades, not my college degree, none of that. I don't really
0: care. I just, want, I just know how fast can you learn. You learn very fast. Yeah. You'll have my job soon. That's <laughs> <I'm> good. <No. laughs> next
5: question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Brittany in Dallas, Texas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, my question is for Alex. Alex, how did you get your mindset about money at such a young age? You seem to see financial education different than most people your age.
2: Well, thank you so much for that question, and I honestly got it from my family, thankfully. I was blessed into um, having parents that believed in financial education, and so... But your mother nearly killed me, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: te- I, teased, I teased your mother yeah. so many times she finally got the message, didn't she?
2: She did, she did. She was a realtor and then started... No, she
0: was a real estate broker. Real
2: estate broker. And what
0: did I tell her?
2: That she worked for TIPS. And so that really moved. I, her I, the I wrong pay my way.
0: waitresses twenty percent. I only pay her six percent as real estate <laughs> brokers mm-hmm. tips.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so she started looking at the world through invest. Like starting, she started to invest. And so I think. That's where we got our education from Robert, from the book, from playing the game. And so I'd say start surrounding yourself with those kinds of people and start, um, if maybe your parents don't believe in that, then start following. You know, there's great entrepreneur advice out there. Read YouTube the is fantastic. I YouTube love... is my biggest teacher. Instagram, even. You are. <laughs> you are. Um, even Instagram. So it's just about reading the right books and, and looking for the right kind of information.
0: So, what's happening is a lot of your classmates? What are they doing?
2: So I think they they follow the traditional education system and they're found in like this traditional life and some of them can't even find jobs or don't even know if they have to invest in their 401k and some of them have already did and realized it was a mistake. And so um, I think they're struggling. I think a lot of them are lost and very few of them. No well, it,
0: it's expected at your age to be lost yeah. a little bit. But,
2: yeah, I'm lost. <laughs>
0: but look at how far ahead you
2: are now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and and I have a lot of friends that you know come to me and just like the previous question, it's like where do I start? So I'd say read the book, find like play the game and listen the to the cash podcasts flow like game. These. You got to mention
0: they, they all playing the cash flow game, games.
2: the cash flow game. You
0: know, most the game most people at your age are playing is let's go to the bar and play mm-hmm. some games there. You know, yeah, I know that no, game. It's no. a fun game.
2: But the anyway, game.
0: a lot of games out there.
2: Yeah.
0: And there's a million ways you can go to heaven and a million way, billion ways to go to hell. So just remember, you have a choice of your teachers and what assets you put in. I don't touch the stock market. I wouldn't be there for anything. Just remember, there's five companies that used to be triple A credit. One was General Electric, today is Triple B. Mm-hmm. Another is Ford Motor Company. Triple A, now Triple B, AT&T, Triple A, now Triple B. Dell computers, Triple A, Triple B, and General Motors, Triple A, Triple B. Why would you invest in the stock market with the leading companies? Are now pre-junk. Very important program. I thank Brian Kaplan, author, economist, and professor of economics at George Mason University. His book is The Case, of, case Against Education. 2018. It's available on Amazon, and Brian's website is bkaplan.com. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at RichDadRadio.com, and thank you for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C
1: SuiteRadio.com.